From savannahnow.com, I'm a slightly under the weather Adam Van Brimmer, and this is The Commute. On today's episode, the Savannah area's COVID-19 numbers are falling as the holidays approach. Dr. Lawton Davis, the local authority on COVID-19 as director of the Coastal Health District, joins me to discuss COVID trends, vaccinations for children, and the treatment pills currently being tested. Today is Tuesday, November the 16th, and this is a Commute Podcast presented by National Alpha Systems. The interview with Dr. Lawton Davis is coming right up. As I mentioned just a second ago, this podcast is blessed with a sponsor, National Office Systems. If you're a regular listener to The Commute, you know about Scott Center and his team over at National Office Systems and how they are Savannah's experts in office design and outfitting. They work with top quality suppliers such as Dirt Modular Interiors and Herman Miller Office Furniture to create comfortable and productive workspaces. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Now, here's Dr. Lawton Davis with the Coastal Health District. Joined on the commute by Dr. Lawton Davis with the Coastal Health District. We haven't talked in, in quite a while, but uh, since we last talked, we've, we've survived, or at least it looks like we've survived the, the Delta surge. And now we have vaccinations for children under the age of 12. As you hit say here on November the 15th, and of course with the holidays looming, what, uh, what are you thinking about and what do people need to remember? Well, our trends are somewhat favorable in the, what we call the Community Transmission Index is declining. And as of Friday at three o'clock, we were slightly below 100, which is good. It's been a while since we've <clears throat> been there. It'll be interesting to see what happens today at, when we update. You know, we haven't had Saturday, Sunday or today's data in there. Um, but hopefully it'll continue downward. But as the holidays approach, you know, I would caution people to remember that a community transmission index of 100 is considered significant ongoing community transmission. 100 on the way down is certainly better than 100 on the way up, but that means that we are still seeing new cases of COVID. Uh, one of the things that is has always been Concerning is the multi-generational family gatherings that occur on holidays where you have children gathering and interacting with parents, grandparents, and often great-grandparents. And of course, it's the older individuals that are at the highest risk of having a poor outcome if they become infected. And it's the really young children who uh, are most likely to be able to have it and not know they have it because they have a very mild case. So uh, I would just encourage people to remember that it hasn't gone away and encourage people to remember that our best prevention remains vaccination. We are up at 57% with at least one dose in Chatham County, 52 that are fully vaccinated. That That's got to be an encouraging trend, right? Because for a while it looked like we were just going to kind of bump along in the upper 40s. Well, yes, and we're continuing to just kind of bump along right there. We've been at 52, 57 now for a week at least, you know, and we're still giving vaccinations and we're giving some of the pediatric Pfizer doses. We're giving more boosters than anything else. And it's not bad that we're giving boosters to those that need it, but I would much rather be giving initial doses 
you know, than, than booster doses in general. Boosters, they're available to anybody right now, right? And in, in how many months away should you have been? When, when should you look for a booster, I guess? Well, boosters, you know, are recommended for those that are older and those that are at high risk of uh, having an adverse outcome or those who are at high risk of exposure um, by virtue of their jobs, you know, healthcare providers, uh, school teachers. And so you, you get a booster if you're six months out from, you know, you're completing your primary vaccination series, you're eligible for a booster. So if, you've, if, if, so if it's been six months, which would be what, uh, May? Something, my math correctly. something so, like that, yeah. yeah. If you got vaccinated in May, especially with the holidays coming up, think about it. The pediatric vaccines, um, how is that going? I, I know that uh, just from watching some of the media coverage, it's, it's not like people are flocking to get their young children vaccinated like maybe they were with the teenagers. Right. We haven't seen the crunch that we saw early on. Uh, you know, when vaccines first became available or even with the, uh, the teenage group, we are giving, we are seeing some and hopefully uh, even more going to their pediatricians and, you know, receiving the vaccine there. A couple of things to remember about the uh, pediatric vaccine, you know, it's age five to 11. The dosage is only one third of the dosage that's in the uh, regular uh, vaccine for those 12 and over. So instead of 30 micrograms of messenger RNA, um, they only get 10. And the side effect profile is more, more favorable. In other words, it's vaccine is causing fewer side effects in kids. And yet the efficacy studies look very, very good, just as good, if not better. Uh, so smaller dose, smaller needle, fewer side effects, equal protection. You mentioned efficacy. And of course, there's been a lot during the Delta transmission. There was a lot of talk, I think, based on a lot of misinformation in terms of, you know, uh, they got the vaccine, so they're not going to get sick. But at the same time, the people that were vaccinated or were getting sick were, were not having serious, right. or for the most part, we're not having serious issues with, with COVID. Um, how do we get that message maybe more out, more across? Just keep, you know, stating the facts and count on, uh, good media relations and good accurate <clears throat> reporting by, by you guys. Um, you know, the, the vaccine doesn't put you inside uh, an impenetrable force field. And over time, with any vaccine or with any infection, the antibodies that you develop, you know, tend to decline. I mean, that's normal. Um, and the antibodies are the first level of defense, but you also have memory cells that develop. And so when you, even if your circulating level of immunoglobulins has decreased somewhat and the virus is able to gain a toehold, as soon as your immune system sees that virus, those memory cells do what they're supposed to do and they rev up both the immunoglobulin response again and they rev up what's known as cellular immunity, which is a different type of immune response. And those are the, the things that make the difference in preventing severe illness in those people who are vaccinated. So yes, if you get a high, you know, a high viral load of a very infectious Delta variant, you can become infected 
but statistically you will be much, 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 much less likely to wind up in the hospital and even more unlikely to die from it. Well, I don't need any convincing, but I will share a story as my 96 year old grandmother in a nursing home test positive for COVID last Monday, didn't have to go to the hospital. By Thursday, she was up and moving again. And right. that's because she was, in my opinion, that's because she was vaccinated. Now right. others are going to say, why do well, why bother? But we need to kind of continue to emphasize that point that it's not, like you said, you don't live in a bubble, but it's certainly going to protect you, even if it doesn't prevent you from right. coming down with the virus. Yeah, and most, most people, most rational people will recognize that the flu shot campaign every year helps reduce the burden of influenza. But, you know, we're, we collectively are pretty happy if we get a flu vaccine that's 40 to 50% effective. Um, and, you know, we're, to, we're still talking above 85%, you know, and probably above 90% effectiveness in preventing severe illness uh, with our uh, other vaccine, our COVID vaccine. So, you know, that's a, basically a home run. Yes. Looking ahead, I heard an interview with Dr. Fauci, must have been recorded in the middle of last week, talking about what is happening elsewhere, just like we saw the Delta variant. We saw it was happening in the UK and India before it got here. Basically, it followed the same trend lines. Now we're seeing, I think, issues in Germany has been mentioned and maybe some other places, and maybe we have another variant or another uh, surge that that could come here. When you forecast out, which I know is dangerous, (laughs) what do you... What do you see and in, in, in well, what we need to know? Yeah, I think the concern is that the virus is still out there and there are people who are unvaccinated. And for some reason, you know, some people just don't seem to develop a wonderful immune response. The majority of people do develop a very good immune response if they have it and recover. And obviously they developed some sort of immune response so they would not have gotten better if they had it but it doesn't always seem to last a long time. So I think the concern is that with colder weather, people will be gathering more indoors and sharing community air. And so, you know, the virus hasn't become any less infectious or contagious. And so just by virtue of being indoors, closed up, sharing air, uh, being in close proximity, uh, many people are predicting, you know, another surge of COVID. You know, I'm sort of crossing my fingers and hoping that we have enough people who've been vaccinated and enough, if you add that to the people that have had it and hopefully have some innate immune protection, you know, I'm hoping that we avoid that in this area. We don't get quite as as cold here. You know, most of the time we can still get outside and enjoy things outdoors uh, a significant percentage of the year. Um, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed and trying to be optimistic. Yeah. Yes. That was an interesting thing about the Delta variant is a lot of, uh, I would say a good portion of the unvaccinated people that I know, people that I know that were unvaccinated came down with COVID during August. So if you got 57% of people who are vaccinated, you got a, a relatively high number that have the antibodies. Now, you know, like you said, you cross your fingers and hope that's going to tamp it down, but I will tell. Correct. The other thing that's on the horizon are treatment pills. Of course, we saw Emory uh, teamed with with the drug maker to come up with a treatment pill. Uh, Merck has got one that I think is already in FDA, uh, the approval um, pipeline. The estimates I hear are sometime after the first of the year. What can you tell us about these pills and, and when do you think it'll be 
out there for for people that have are suffering with COVID can take. Yeah, well, I think having uh, an oral medication or two or three um, that one could take, similar to Tamiflu or whatever for influenza, you know, uh, I think that would be wonderful because there are people who, for whatever reason, are not going to get vaccinated, and yet they probably will take a medication, you know, by mouth. Uh, the the Merck drug, if I can remember and say it correctly, molnupiravir seemed to reduce the incidence of hospitalization and death significantly, 50% at least, if not more, uh, when taken early and, you know, as an outpatient. And of course, that would require just going, seeing your healthcare provider, getting a prescription and going to pick it up and taking it properly. And I think it's, see the four pills or five pills twice a day, but um, I think it's four pills twice a day uh, for five days or something like that. I don't know exactly how, you know, come out in the wash, but I think that's what was being tested and, uh, you know, pretty effective. Another drug, you know, we already have the intravenous drug remdesivir that's being used for hospitalized patients. And I understand that we're, we, they are trying to make an oral form of that that could be taken early as the molnupiravir will be. And it may be as effective or more effective even than in the Merck drug. And then there are a couple in the pipeline uh, in other countries. I know that, you know, I've read preliminary small studies, you know, we always get a little concerned when it's a small study that shows great effects because, you know, in a small study, just three or four or five cases that happen to fall one way or another can make a big swing in the statistical uh, analysis. But uh, there, there are others in the pipeline. And it may well be that a cocktail of two or three of these medications, you know, turns out to be the ticket for people who are ill, um, developing symptoms, and especially if they're not vaccinated and they're at high risk. You know, will, will they be recommended for anybody, even if you're vaccinated? Again, I don't know, you know, what right. the FDA will say about that. But, um, and for, if you think about the rest of the world, uh, where the delivery of you know vaccines and injections out in uh, very rural, poor areas of the of the world is is very challenging. If we could get um, oral medications out there, they would be much easier to transport, much easier to store, much easier to administer. Uh, although there's still significant logistical problems with that, even. But one of the concerns is that out in the rest of the world, so to speak, in, in those areas that are poorly vaccinated, if this virus is just churning through the human population, you know, every single time it goes through a population, it just increases the possibility of another variant or mutation uh, developing that, you know, pulls another Delta on us, you know, and somehow uh, evades or is less sensitive or responsive to our protective effects from previous infection and vaccination. So we really need to, as you were saying, tamp it down here. We need to tamp it down everywhere. All right. So one last time for folks that are looking forward to Thanksgiving, it's wear your mask, if you, you know, in gathering, yes. social distance. Yeah. The, I mean, we know the three W's work. Some people fuss about, you know, wearing a mask and watching your distance, but we know those things are effective for any respiratory uh, virus uh, in preventing the transmission thereof. 
Uh, and I just say use good common sense. If you're going to be with your core family, you know, and kids, and you know that they're safe and vaccinated and they've been practicing good uh, avoidance, you know, hygiene, you know, you're probably okay. If you're going to attend a large function indoors with people you don't know, I would still recommend that you be very cautious. Uh, consider whether you really need to go. And if you do go, uh, do your best to remain separated and watch those three W's. And if, if you have any sway over your relatives that aren't vaccinated, ask them please to get vaccinated. You know, if, if not to protect them, to protect you. I know it's getting harder and harder because we watch these football games on the weekend and see full stadiums and other, <laughs> other things. But yeah, if you're, you know, the caution is a better part of valor. I think, especially as this thing continues to, to limp along. Somebody once said in real estate, you know, it's location, 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 and medicine and ounce prevention, prevention is worth a ton of cure. You know, those things are valid statements for a reason. Dr. Davis, thank you so much for, for joining me today. And uh, as before I hit record, I told him I'm playing hurt. I'm battling something as well. And we're going to do a little tele- telemedicine when we hang up here. And Actually, I probably just need to go get a test, but... It's always good to talk to you, and uh, hopefully I'm not statistics. Thank you, and uh, hope you have a a great day. And I'll stay on if you need a telemedicine section. (laughs) Thanks one more time to Dr. Davis. In the time since we recorded that interview on Monday morning, I went for a COVID test. Negative was the result. So I got that going for me, which is nice. Other news of note in Savannah today. Mayor Van Johnson has complied with a court injunction involving a lawsuit filed by a critic of his on social media. Johnson had blocked the plaintiff, a Bullitt County resident, from his Facebook page for criticizing the mayor for his stance on gun control. While the court order requires Johnson to restore the complainant's access to his page, it does not prohibit him from blocking others. Also, Representative Buddy Carter called President Biden's infrastructure package a, quote, Trojan horse, unquote, and justifying his no-boat on the bill last week. Carter referenced a Congressional Budget Office report released in August that cited a $400 billion shortfall in funding for the plan and noted that it does not directly provide money for the Georgia Ports Authority. Carter did not address the $8 million steered by President Biden to the GPA last week via an executive order. Money Biden said is meant to, quote, lay the foundation for successful implementation of the historic bipartisan infrastructure deal, unquote, by funding the conversion of properties in Georgia and North Carolina into temporary pop-up yards for the overflow of storage containers that we're seeing at the port. Biden signed the Infrastructure Act into law on Monday. In sports, Oglethorpe Speedway Park in Pooler ran its last races over the weekend. Savannah's home for dirt track racing since 1951. The 150-acre property is located off U.S. Highway 80 near the Port of Savannah. Its closure follows the shuttering of other local racetracks, including a paved oval in Hardyville and a rogue horse at Hutchinson Island that once hosted an Indy Light Series event. The closures will, of course, force Savannah racing fans to visit tracks in Sylvania, Swainsboro, and Brunswick to get their racing fix. Read those stories and more at savannahnow.com, the online home of the Savannah Morning News. You can get full access to savannahnow.com and our mobile app for just $1 a month for the next six months. Just go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. Again, that's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign right up. That's all for the Thursday Commute Podcast. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. For more interviews with local newsmakers, 
Check out the Commute archives by searching The Commute with that Savannah opinion. The Commute returns Thursday when we'll check in on the Ahmad Arbery murder trial, which is ongoing down in Brunswick. We will talk to you then. Mm-hmm.